This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. I do want to get into this. Now, yesterday, uh, Joe Cece had teased a big announcement about liquor policy, and I don't know that it was a big announcement. I, I guess it's one worth with applauding. I like this. Um, starting, what is August 15th, I think? You'll be able to buy Alberta Craft Beer and other craft spirits at uh, farmer's markets. So, okay, that's neat. Sure. I like that. Apparently, by the way, CeCe's making some other related announcements at one thirty today. So I don't know what that's about. But obviously, as you might expect, he was asked about what happened a week ago. The fact that the Alberta government lost a decision before this three-member agreement on internal trade panel. Complaint was brought before the panel from Artisan Ales, an Alberta-based company, as well as a brewery in, in Saskatchewan. And the panel found, in a 2-1 decision, that the government was in violation of the agreement on internal trade. That essentially their beer tax combined with the subsidy amounts to what are basically tariffs. That Alberta-based breweries have a lower de facto tax rates and we're applying higher taxes to out-of-province beer. Now, obviously then, we'd want to know. Finance Minister Joe Sisi, this is your jurisdiction, you're responsible, what are you going to do? You're going to change the policy, you're going to fight this out, uh, what are you going to do? So rather than explain how they're going to respond to the decision, Joe Sisi chose to lash out at the plaintiff. Borrowing a bit of a page from another certain uh, politician. It's all about the leaks, you see. The leaks are the real story here. Given the leak by the complainant, um, in this case, we've been denied that opportunity to look at this in a fulsome way and to correct any issues that we found, if there were any. So we're disappointed that they chose to act unilaterally in that way and demonstrate bad faith. The decision was intended to remain confidential until publicly released on August 28th. Um, that process is designed so both res- uh, the complainant and respondent can have an opportunity to uh, decide on next steps. Okay, look, none of that changes the fact that the government lost the ruling. The government was found to be in the wrong. So that's a little disingenuous to say, well, that should have been kept a secret. I don't want to have to talk about it now because I really wish none of you knew about it. That's an odd response. The decision is what it is. It doesn't change the fact that you lost the decision. But is he right? Was this supposed to be kept hush-hush uh, until the end of August? Well, I want to get another side of this. Derek Frum is a staff lawyer with the Canadian Constitution Foundation, and they've been representing Artisan Ales uh, in this complaint. Derek, thanks for making some time for us here. Thank you very much, Rob. Okay, so you, you've been in the thick of all of this. Were, were you surprised to, to hear those comments from Joe Cece yesterday? Well, I'm I'm really happy that you actually had a good audio recording of it there that I could hear because I was standing there listening, but uh, there was wind and people talking. I was a little too far away, and I didn't I didn't pick it all up. And it's it's fascinating to me. It's a creative use of language. Let's put it that way. So, am I surprised? Um, I, I I guess I am because you know I, I think usually governments try to take a higher road than this rather than resort to what might be termed victim blaming because yeah. <laughs> they've taken away the business from a small Alberta company, uh, made them unprofitable overnight, and uh, then have the gall to turn around and say, you let the public know that we violated 
you know, our trade obligations. And for that, we're going to say you leaked it in bad faith and use terms that, uh, you know, are terms of art to a lawyer. But I think they're used in a very casual way here that uh, don't have much meaning, to be honest. But, yeah, okay. I guess I'm surprised at the victim blaming side of it. Well, and I mean, does anyone think for a moment if it, this had been a resounding 3-0 decision in favor of the government and that the government's doing great and it's such a wonderful policy that they wouldn't have been out there patting themselves on the back? I mean, it's it's speculative, but I just I find that hard to believe. Well, yeah, I don't. No, obviously, yeah, it's speculative. I don't know, but I, I have a hard time thinking that the government would uh, hold back. I, you know, it's, it's important in this this circumstance to remember that this is a small. The complainant here was a small uh, import agency owned by a couple that lives in Calgary, and they're an Alberta business. They pay taxes in Alberta, and they're Albertan, mm-hmm. and their business was taken away from them by the government, and so. You know, I I can kind of understand if they would be upset and want to announce to the public, hey, look, we were right. We were right. The government has treated us wrongfully. And I don't see anything in the AIT that prohibits them from releasing this information. So calling it a leak of something that's confidential and especially done in bad faith, I think the rhetoric on this is enormous. Because generally bad faith means that there's some sort of intention to deceive some ulterior motive. Right. So I'm having a hard time understanding how letting the public know the truth <laughs> could be bad faith. But uh, again, it's creative use of language, I guess, on part of Minister Sisi. Right. Well, I mean, it is. I mean, the, the decision is what it is. They didn't misrepresent the decision. And like you say, I mean, it was just at least a feeling that, hey, you know what? Um, the government said we were crazy. We we were vindicated today. And 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 so, yeah, the, just being able to have that vindication and say, look, the government tried to discredit us and say we were nuts. And look at that. We, we won this case. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, again, just, you know, to, if anyone is sitting on the fence about whether to trust uh, Minister Sisi or Artisan Ailes in this, uh, I, I did take a pretty close look at, at the agreement on internal trade because of this, with this issue in mind. And. That my reading of it is there's absolutely nothing in the agreement that prevents artisan ales from letting the public know that their rights have been vindicated. Now, I think Minister Sisi was, was saying things that had a ring of truth to them, but he was misunderstanding what he was uh, saying. And, for instance, he was talking about keeping it confidential during this uh, period of time when they have a chance to look at it. Actually, there's two things that he's kind of conflating there. There is a period of time in the AIT that's given to both parties to look for typos and to look for things like ambiguities in language or vague, vague language. And then within 10 days of a report being issued, the parties can go to the government or go to the panel with these, uh, with these problems and ask for clarification. It doesn't change the decision. It just makes it more clear removes the typos, things like that. Mm-hmm. But then there's also an appeal period that's available to the government where it gets to decide whether or not it's going to appeal this decision. And that runs until the end of August. Now, this panel is much like a tribunal, like the Human Rights Tribunal or uh, a labor board. None of those decisions are confidential after they've been issued. These are things that the public needs to know about because it affects the rights of the public. And so there's no intimation in those sorts of decisions or in court decisions that uh, before an appeal is made, that decisions must be confidential. This is uh, 
this is a probably a novel understanding of uh, of what a public procedure should be. But the, the last thing I think this is an important thing is that Minister Sisi was perhaps also uh, maybe a little bit confused about a provision in the uh, AIT that stipulates when the Secretariat of the AIT must make a decision public. So there's a drop-dead deadline for the Secretariat to make decisions public. It can't sit on a decision indefinitely. And so within 30 days of a, of a decision being made, uh, what happens is the Secretariat must make these decisions public on its website. Now, again, that has to do with the Secretariat. It doesn't have to do with arsenals or anyone like that. Particularly, I think a private plaintiff should be able to tell its supporters let the public know that its rights have been vindicated against uh, the other party. So I, I think there was a lot of confusion here, and it's really sad to me that he would uh, immediately think to blame the victim in all this, Artisan Ailes. Yeah, it was really curious, and I think at some level a petty a petty response. I mean, either you, you agree with the decision or you don't. Either you're going to let it stand or you're going to appeal it. So do you sort of deduce from all of this, Derek, that that indicates they are going to fight this? Well, the reasons that they can appeal are quite narrow. And again, if you crack open the AIT and take a look at the reasons, they're quite narrow. For instance, the, the panel has to have erred in law or fair, failed to observe a principle of natural justice or acted beyond or refused to exercise its jurisdiction. And if none of those things are present in this decision, there's no appeal available to the government. And my reading of it, of course, confirmation bias, I, I, I see what I, uh, it's a decision that I wanted to get, so I, I would admit this is why these things need to be uh, need to be uh, other parties need to represent other points of view. But I don't see any of those errors, those appealable errors in this decision. So, but that's not to say the government might not find something worth appealing. But we haven't gotten there yet, and they haven't uh, asked for an appeal, to my knowledge, at this point. So, to me, it's a lot of saber rattling. And, you know, when the report was released to the public, I think it's really important to know that steps were taken. Um, press release that went out included a caveat that said this decision is subject to possible revision, correction or appeal. And so, in my opinion, the duty, any duty to the AIT was met with that clear statement so that anyone downloading or viewing the decision would know that there might be changes. Right. Well, I guess uh, maybe we'll find out a little more today. Apparently, Joe Cece is making some other kind of related announcement this afternoon. We're not sure what that might be. And, you know, like you say, they've got until uh, later this month to decide whether they want to appeal this. So stay tuned, I guess. I guess. That sounds right. All right. Well, more at theccf.ca. Derek, thanks for making some time for us here. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. Take care. Derek Fromm is a staff lawyer with the Canadian Constitution Foundation. So uh, they were representing artisan ales in this case. And they won. So there's no, there's no undoing. There's no changing that. I mean, maybe the government has a basis for appeal. Maybe that appeal will succeed. And, and nobody has suggested that that couldn't happen. But the panel ruled as it did. You know, and sometimes we see that in court cases where, okay, you know, the judge has found so-and-so guilty or they, we've got a ruling on this, this constitutional question. The ruling just came down. Now, that ruling might not actually be posted, on the court's website for days or weeks. But the fact that it happened, the fact that the decision came down in the courtroom, uh, makes it newsworthy, makes it, uh, I think, in the public realm. So why is it any different here? 
So yeah, I, I, it seems like Joe Cece's playing kind of fast and loose with with what the panel actually said here. And so I, I don't know that he's on solid ground. And it's a completely irrelevant point. Are you going to appeal this or not? They can say, no, we're not. We're not going to appeal. We recognize the decision. We're going to make some changes to the policy to, to abide by the decision, to be in line with that. They could say that. Uh, B, they could say, absolutely, 100%. We believe that uh, our policy should stand, and here's why we believe the panel's wrong, and we're going to appeal. Or C, they could simply say, we're disappointed with the decision. We're still reviewing it. As everybody has noted, we have until August 28th to review it. We're going to continue to do so. He could have said any one of those three things. Lashing out at artisan ales like he did just seems vindictive and petty. They're not the bad guy here. They're a business that took a big hit when this policy changed. They made an argument before this panel. The panel made a decision. Why is artisan ales the problem here? I don't understand. So that that was pretty low, I think, on on Joe Cece's part. Why mention them at all? Oh, the decision was leaked. Well, the public has a right to know whether or not your policies are in keeping with our obligations. And this panel found they weren't. So maybe explain that instead of denouncing the fact that the public knows about it. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.